the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Do you know what to do if someone is choking? You you might if you've taken a CPR course. They teach the Heimlich. Mm -hmm. Well, this young couple panicked when their newborn started to choke. They called 911 and a rookie police officer, Cody Hubbard, responded and knew exactly what to do. He's only 23 years old. And he saved this little three-week-old little boy, Grady, saved his life. The hardest part in this job is to not show your emotions. And so even though on camera I seemed calm, uh, I can promise you on the inside I was freaking out. But it was definitely (laughs) life-changing. Yeah, the whole rescue was caught on his, you know, body cam. And Officer Hubbard himself is a dad of a baby girl. Mm. And he felt like his interactions with her helped him because every once in a while she's you know choked a little bit on her formula or something like that but he does he seems so calm and for him to say he was freaking out inside i was like no way but i thought he was a rock kind of goes with the job in a variety of situations they're supposed to be stoic no matter what's Mm -hmm. going on right and they're human beings on the inside yeah i totally get that coming up is it better to sleep in or exercise when you're super tired What do you think, Kev? Is it better to sleep in or exercise when you're really tired? Um, I'm going to base it on, remember we had, uh, what's her name from Biggest Loser? Uh, Jillian Michaels on Mm -hmm. one time. And she gave the advice, she will sleep rather than, if it's a choice between the two, she'll take sleep. Yeah, we had her on the show. I mean, yeah, after all, getting enough sleep ranks right up there with eating a balanced diet, moving your body and not smoking as some of the most crucial pieces to the wellness puzzle. But If we have to choose between ditching an hour of sleep or sneaking a sweat session after we stayed up too late the night before, which is the better choice? Brand new research showed the physical activity may be able to counteract the negative impact of poor sleep. Hmm. Of course, the best bet is to prioritize both. Yeah. But if you have to choose on that one day where... Oh, I stayed up way too late. They say it's better to go ahead and get the get the exercise, get the movement in. Yeah, I find the hardest part is getting started, but once I do it, I feel great after. Yes, you're so glad you did. But the yeah. idea of doing it, you're just like, I'm, not, I'm so not there today. <laughs> A very young, inexperienced husband made the rookie mistake asking his wife, what do you do all day anyway? Ooh. And the way she responded Ouch. is... <laughs> Epic. Can't wait to tell you the story next. So you're going to talk about this um, newlywed husband who made a rookie mistake. That is so funny to think back to all the things you did as a newlywed. Both husbands and wives that we would call rookie mistakes. But what did this guy do? Well, it's actually very kind of you to call him a newlywed because he is not. I thought you said newlywed. I said a young husband. Oh, They have two... children already and still even though they have these little teeny tiny a toddler and a baby at Mm -hmm. home he made the rookie mistake of saying i really don't know what you do all day 
And so in today's Uh-oh. modern did technology... He did he duck right after he said that? <laughs> no, his wife was smartly very quiet. And instead, because nowadays, thanks to TikTok, everyone is a mini movie maker. Hmm. She filmed herself all day long and sped it up. <laughs> so she showed herself changing diapers, cleaning up messes, feeding babies, folding laundry, doing <laughs> dishes, realizing she had poopies on her shirt and how... Having to change her clothes herself and trying to put the little one to bed, the toddler. Well, and then it was time to deal with the newborn once the toddler was finally in bed. Right. And then she normally would have texted her husband, what do you want for dinner when you get home? And she was just too tired. She poured herself a cup of coffee and was like, I'm done. I'm done. He can like get something out of the freezer when he gets home. And she sped it all up and showed it to him. Like He got to see bath time. He got to see the dirty diapers, and he, she's like, you wanted to know what I do all day? Here it is in video format, my husband. And she didn't get a break where she got to hang out in the, like, around the water cooler talking to co-workers oh, like no. he did. There's right? no, she ate her dinner standing up Wow! while holding the newborn. I guess that'll learn him. Yes. <laughs> do you like it when your family or friends take you to a restaurant for your birthday, and they ask the waiter or waitress to sing happy birthday to you. Um, my husband, Glenn, and I don't do that to each other because uh, it just kind of gets us all squeamish to have the whole restaurant looking at us. Uh, well, Jerry was celebrating his birthday at Cracker Barrel, and his uncle loves embarrassing people. And boy, could their waitress, Miranda, sing. Check this out. Happy birthday to you. like Christina Aguilera. She was awesome. Like all over. She had all the runs the, going. The dude that was singing, though, stop. <laughs> I want to hear her. She was so good that when she finished, someone said, Jerry, did you just fall in love? <laughs> they uploaded it to TikTok, and it's gotten millions hmm. and millions of views. I bet. I wonder if someone's going to give her a chance on like The Voice or American Idol or something. No, but people, Miranda's I guarantee good. You, everybody with a birthday is coming to that restaurant. <laughs> yeah, can I sit at Miranda's table, please? So are you a good tipper? Tipping's big time on my radar because my niece, Tabitha, is a waitress. Mm-hmm. And she'll come home one night. It's fantastic. Another night, it's horrific. She yeah. makes almost nothing. And it uh, turns out the younger the customers, the worse the tip. No kidding, They just really. did a new survey, and the uh-huh. worst tippers are Gen Z. Um, 80% of Gen X and baby boomers do tip. And even though people plan to tip more generously during the pandemic, eh, they haven't. it didn't really happen, <laughs> sadly. It's interesting, by the way, our pastor from the pulpit would always say that we as Christians should be the most generous mm. tippers, especially Sunday after church. Right. We're talking about tipping and how different generations tipped. I was surprised to hear Gen Z's not tipping well, because I would think a lot of the Gen Zers are people who are servers right now, right, so they would right, learn right. that. But one of my daughters was a server, and boy, did she have some great stories. We'll talk about it next. Okay, so uh, one of my daughters was a server, and, and just in case you're wondering, uh, do you get talked about, about the tips you leave? Absolutely, you do when they get home. They're either talking about you like you're the greatest person in the world, or I can't believe they didn't tip. But I think one of the things that hurt her feelings the most was 
uh, a former neighbor uh, and one of their teachers. So they didn't have this teacher, but she was uh, uh, had been a camp counselor of theirs at a, a summer thing at their mm-hmm. school and stuff. They pretty close with this lady. She came in and left. I'm not kidding. Like a 37 cent tip, oh, like no. a quarter of dime and a couple of pennies. And that was oh, it. And bummer. she was so I she wasn't she was equal parts angry and hurt at the same time. And wow. I thought there had to be some kind of misunderstanding. Yeah. There had to be something that you didn't know there because that just didn't seem it like makes you think she had uh she was had planned on leaving cash and forgot or something. I don't like know. That. I don't know what the deal wow. was. But if that were it, you would think well, if she forgot, yeah. Uh, you mean she forgot to bring cash or she just forgot to forgot leave to it? leave the cash? No, because she left change. So uh. she left something. So if you if you are wondering, do you get talked about <laughs> with the amount you tip? Yes, you do. Okay, Taylor, you and I have been doing radio together for a long time. Yes, we have. Uh, two different states. Over two decades, we've been doing the Kevin and Taylor show, which means we got a lot of history together. So I'm wondering, would you be willing to walk down memory lane for you to tell everyone some stories? And I'll give you the background, the setup, and then you finish the story. And okay. it's about our radio history together. So here's the first one. You ready? Uh-oh, I'm a little scared, but okay. There was this time these kids came in. They had a school project that they were filming. And they wanted to film, how does a radio show work? And Taylor literally ran into a wall. (laughs) Why don't you tell everyone what happened, Taylor? Oh, man, I can't believe you brought that up. (laughs) All right, I'll tell you the story next. All right, Taylor, so finish the story. Kids come in to film a school project, and you ran into, literally ran face first into a wall. What yeah, happened? actually, I think it was a youth group that was doing a feature on our radio station. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I thought, okay, our goal is to give them to behind the scenes, things that people don't know about radio or about the <laughs> Kevin and Taylor show. So I thought it'd be fun to show them what it's like when you're a DJ to try to go to the bathroom during a show <laughs> and you put on a three and a half minute song and then you basically run. So I'm like, all right, song started. Come on, guys, run. And the camera crew's running with me. And I'm run, run, run. And I slammed into a wall. <laughs> Like, this wasn't, like, because, hit with your shoulder. Oh, this it was, was full frontal, face first, boom. It hurt. And then I found out when they showed it to their church, they edited it so that I hit the wall about ten times in a row with music. Boom, 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 boom. So, so yeah, my klutziness Great moments in Kevin and Taylor history. <laughs> Okay, so great moments in Kevin and Taylor history. One of my favorites is I grew up in (laughs) Jupiter, Florida, and then my first full-time job in radio was 30 minutes from Jupiter in West Palm Beach. Kevin hired me to do the morning show with him, and we had a hurricane coming, and we had to get ready and try to protect our equipment. Right, the radio station. And by the way, this was a big hurricane, and they were saying, like, this is going to be a direct hit. Mm -hmm. And then it wound up making a hard left or a hard right, and we got nothing. But that's besides the point. The hours leading up, it was, like, very ramped up, very intense. It was so intense. And we had to, like, we had to move everything. If you had an office that had a window, you had to clear out anything important or valuable from your office, put it in the hallway. Away Um, from the windows. We FedExed important backups of hard drives to our our sister station in, in Nashville. Tennessee. I mean, it was like, it was intense. Mm -hmm. But as I'm like winding things up, I was like, huh, my desk, my chair at my desk, this could really get blown around and become a projectile. So I took duct tape and I taped it to the desk. And I walked in right then. I'd be like, hey, I'm wrapping things up. I think we're, we're, I'm good to go. And I went, 
wait, what is that? What are that? you doing in your chair? And you're like, I duct taped it. I duct taped it to, and I, I go, Kev. And so I did an illustration and I duct taped my hand to the desk. And I was like, the winds are coming. The winds are coming. And my hand came and right off. You lifted off. your hand right off. <laughs> yeah. I teased you about that for years. Well, well yeah, still you do. still are. <laughs> How long do you think you could survive in the wilderness? Are we talking total wilderness or like Motel 6 wilderness? No, no. <laughs> Roughing it. I'm talking the woods and the mountains and the streams and the, the wilderness. Hmm. I don't know. Well, probably not very long. I mean, if I'm, I'm just being honest, not very long. I don't think I can make it 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? You get thirsty. Yeah. Uh, well, this. <laughs> I'm, check, not, I'm not Bear Grylls. Check this out. I guess maybe people have been watching Bear Grylls too much because, according to a brand new survey, most people say they could make it two weeks. <laughs> what? Yeah. But then they admit they don't even know how to start a fire, and almost none of us could identify poisonous berries and plants if we tried. I mean, I keep hearing the pandemic has given us all new appreciation for the outdoors, but. There's a big difference, y'all, between going for a hike and yeah. surviving those are, in the wilderness. Are, you know what? The guys that answered yes to that are the same guys that go, yeah, I could have six-pack abs if I wanted to. <laughs> if I wanted to. I could survive in the wilderness for two weeks if I wanted to. That's the same guys answered that, that the abs question the same way they answered. The I know camp, what it was. Though. I know what it was. Because this is men and women answering the survey, mm-hmm. saying they could survive for two weeks in the mm-hmm. wilderness. They're so tired of being cooped up with their families they delusionally think they can survive. Right, they're like, wait, is that an offer? <laughs> can I Can I go? With or without the when, kids. When do I go? Now? <laughs> Ooh, I hope I don't make anyone's eyes twitch by this. But coming up, are you still supporting your kids financially, even though they've <laughs> flown the nest? Are you a parent who is still supporting your kids financially, even though they've flown the nest? Well, you are not alone. 75% of moms and dads in a recent survey said, yep, we are. Some have uh, parents have taken second jobs, gone back to work, or even delayed their retirement to get the extra money needed to provide support for their kids. Uh, 66% have dug into their savings to help their children. Parents are helping with everything from studies to getting a car to money towards their kids' first home. Oh, we should talk about this. We should totally talk about this. Give us a call if this is resonating with you. And uh, I'll share with you in a minute when one of my four kids declared, I'm practically paying my own way. And I'll share with you a couple of the things, couple, more than a couple of the things that at the time I was still paying for when the child said, I'm practically paying my own way. Oh, boy. My wife and I still laugh about it. So this is pretty wild. They say 75% of moms and dads are still supporting their kids financially, even though they've completely moved out of the house. Mm. Does that sound familiar to you? We'd love to hear from you. So this can be a difficult topic about when do you stop footing the bill for your kids? And it can be difficult, especially, I think, because of uh, coming out of COVID and stuff, too, mm-hmm. because so many people's like livelihoods just ended, just mm-hmm. stopped. I mean, that was like the situation with my son. Kyle, who's a musician, right. his industry shut down. There, like, literally was no work, nothing to do for a year. So that was that was really tough. But I want to go back. This was years ago, and I'm not going to say which one of my daughters it was, but still living at home, going to college. When she pronounced, 
I pretty much pay my own way for everything now, mom and dad. And my wife and I, we've learned a long time ago, pick your battles. Mm -hmm. Some things are just like, you just let them go. You're like with wisdom and life experience, they're going to learn like, wow, some of the things I said were really off base because my wife and I, as soon as the daughter left the room, went paying her own way. So I guess, you know, health insurance, car insurance, phone, food, shelter, (laughs) (laughs) medical bills, all of that doesn't count, right? (laughs) What she means by paying her own way is she has enough money to go through the drive-thru on the way to class every day, (laughs) blow all my disposable income, and therefore I'm, quote, paying my own way when you have when you have the means to reject what mom makes for dinner and go get your own wow at a certain age you consider that quote paying your own way (laughs) (laughs) we'd still laugh about that one that was really funny so do you find yourself in that boat are you still footing the bill for a lot of your kids stuff or did you draw the line and say no mo it's kevin and taylor i cannot believe any parents are paying their children's um finances while they're over at least 21, I my kids, I helped them when they were young and mentally in being independent. And that's what we really want to do. But then when we go against it, helping them out is not making them independent at all. You cut the cord at 21, said that is it. Yeah. Were there One ever thing, some tough moments like where you thought, oh, maybe I should help? Well, the only tough moment is now they're so independent that it's hard for them to accept advice. You know, you want to just give them, you know, wisdom and stuff, and they feel like, I got this, I know this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good for her that the kids uh, did accept her advice up until 21, because I think... My kids stopped taking my advice first day of preschool, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So my daughter, uh, April, my youngest daughter, she got a job going out and doing uh, parties for little kids where she uh, dresses up like a princess. She can pick the princess. She comes uh, dressed as that princess. That's so cool. And she had her first solo gig. She's gone out on a bunch of them to learn the ropes. Okay. And it's a pretty involved process, by the way. I don't know if you've ever had one of those parties or not, but the person showing up They put a lot of time and effort into it before they even get there. Um, And I was a part of her time and effort. There's a wig involved. There's a gown involved. The gown is really elaborate to get put on. And that's my my wife was helping with the gown. My daughter, Amber, she helped with the wig and stuff, which, by the way, our dog Marco was completely freaked by the wig. (laughs) He barked at the wig. At the wig when it was not on her head yes, or when it got yes, on her head? when it was not on her oh, head. Oh, that's hilarious. I really thought it was funny. some creature. But then um, she said, uh, she said, I've got all this. She came downstairs. She was fully dressed, getting ready to leave. And she goes, I can't reach down and put my strap my shoes on. Can you strap my shoes for me, Dad? I was like, sure. So I put the first one on and that was putting the second one on. I looked at her and I said... We've been searching all the land to find out whose foot will fit this slipper. (laughs) And she goes, you got the wrong princess, pal. (laughs) (laughs) She was not going as Cinderella. That's (laughs) hilarious. She was going as another one. But the way she said it, in full costume. Yeah, no sweetness. Right, you're the wrong princess, pal. Just get the shoe on, okay? Believe it or not, your daughter taking this job as a princess at Mm -hmm. parties could lead to a full-time career. I'll tell you, I just got word of how this happens. I'll tell you about Mm -hmm. it next. So I'm intrigued how my daughter's gig is doing a 
princess for parties could lead to a career. Wow, yeah, well, I was happen? telling you, our friends, our neighbors had us over the other night for dinner, and their daughter is a college student, mm-hmm. and she has a really good friend who got a job. Her dream was to work at Walt Disney World, okay. and at first she was what's called a um, like a fuzzy character. Like In other words, she had a... A hat, a hat on. She, okay. no one knew who she was. Like I don't know if she was like Full one costume, of the chipmunks or right. one okay. of the hot costumes. And then she graduated to be a what they call a face character, where it's you with a wig and makeup and everything. And so she started doing characters like Mary Poppins and Cinderella and Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty. And fast forward to today, she's risen among the ranks and does such a phenomenal job. They offered her the Cinderella position at Walt Disney World Tokyo. And so she's living this fabulous life. She stayed in Tokyo during the whole pandemic. And when she puts herself on social media, she has to say that she's friends with Cinderella. Even her mom has to refer to her as like, yeah, we really know Cinderella's friend really well. Like she can't talk about her as if, but like, Talk about a cool career. I mean, she's traveling the world yeah. as these characters. So who knows? Cool. April might be uh, the next Tokyo character. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> who knows? So uh, my wife and I, we have five dogs, big pack. And uh, sometimes the things we do for our dogs, because we love them, you scratch your head and you just go like, I cannot believe I'm doing this right now. <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. I was doing something with my wife had one of the dogs on the leash and we were in the front yard doing something. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope the neighbors don't see this. <laughs> Tell you what it was next. So, uh, hey, wanted to talk about my dog, uh, Marco, in just a minute. But first, it is the five-year anniversary of us getting our first Greyhound today. Oh, cool. Today, Congrats. five years ago, we went down this crazy Greyhound rabbit hole <laughs> we've never come out of. We got Lucrezia five years ago today. So, But yesterday, uh, I realized that there's not much that we won't do for our pets. Oh, our, of course. Our dog, Marco, we think he may have a uh, a UTI, a urinary tract infection. Uh-oh. Um, so uh, Tracy was like, yeah, I want to take him to the vet and have them you know, test him. But then she called our friend Ida, who is the dog expert. We, we even have a joke in our house. Well, Ida says, because <laughs> she, she's been, she, they have 12 dogs oh, and imagine. she's been involved with rescues for years. So if we have any dog questions, we always call her. Anyhow, she said, don't take him in for a visit because they'll charge you for an office visit. Just get the sample yourself and take the sample in and they'll send it off for testing. You don't have to pay for the office visit. So we're all about saving <laughs> the 75 bucks. So Tracy goes, all right. He, Marco lets us know when he wants to go out. We have a bell on the door, and he hits the bell. It's really cute. That's so neat. So he hit the bell. So she's like, all right, I'm going to put the leash on him. We're going to go out front. You hold the ladle. She was going to use a, a ladle. A soup ladle? Yes. <laughs> yes. You hold the ladle and catch it. And I was like, why would I do that? Why am I going to use a ladle? I'll just I'll take a Ziploc baggie, hold it under him. I'll catch it in the baggie. That's what you're going to take it in anyway. And... Zip it up and off we go. And she's like, aren't you worried you're going to get it on your hands? I'll, I'll put some glo- rubber gloves on. So here we are out in the front yard. Tracy's got Marco and Elise. She's carrying the ladle just in case. 
and I've got the big Ziploc baggie with these obnoxious yellow gloves on. I'm praying, like, dear God, don't let anyone drive by right now. Yeah. Marco finally finds the spot, lifts his leg, boom, I get under there with the bag. <laughs> I catch it all. That's hilarious. Zip it up. <laughs> well done, you. I wonder how much money you saved. Then Tracy walks into the, the doctor's office, the vet, and she goes, um... I have a, this bag of my dog's pee. I don't like it she tested. She said they looked at her like she was nuts. And they said, you know, you can bring your dog in and we'll get it for you. And she's like, yeah, but you charged me for an office visit. And they're like, okay, well, what do you want done with that? And she goes, I want to have it tested. And they said, for what? And she goes, I don't know. What? <laughs> she got nervous? Yes. <laughs> a UTI. I said, I said you should have just gone like... I think he might be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, having dogs sometimes, especially when you have five like we do, it's like having kids. Oh, there's. you were saying earlier there's nothing you wouldn't do for your dog. It's it's so crazy because we've always had two dogs at a time, mm-hmm. and this is the first time we've only had one, and we joke that Alex the Wonder Mutt, it takes at least two people to take care for one Alex the Wonder Mutt because she Alex, is so Alex spoiled. Alex two normal dogs. Yeah, and the older she gets, the more persnickety and spoiled she gets, like... Mm. Um, all of a sudden, she's decided she's not so fond of eating like certain meals. She'd just be like, ah, I don't really feel like it. So mm-hmm. Glenn keeps buying new products. Like there's this one. It's like kind of like looks like a gravy in a box. Yeah. And he's nicknamed it to her sauce. And I'll go, <laughs> Alex, would you like some sauce on it? Look, look, it's yummy. And like huh. do all these things to lure her to eat. And then she, with this house we move into, it has a uh, fireplace where you just turn on the gas and light it. Like, you don't have to have wood or, right. or a match or right. anything. And she looks back at him and lets him know, I would like my fireplace on now. <laughs> and we think it's like, because she's old and maybe her she bones are warmth. sore. Aww. Yeah. And even in the middle of summer, she gets to have her fireplace on when she wants it. Our dog Charlie, he's he's like a greyhound. He's called a galgo. He's a Spanish. Imagine a greyhound, but skinnier. That's Charlie, and um, he sometimes just doesn't want to eat. And we always say that he's on his supermodel diet because he's <laughs> so thin. Um, but tra- sometimes when he refuses to eat, this is how much Tracy loves that dog. She'll sit on the ground with him and hand feed him. Oh yeah, from the bowl, like one piece at a time. Glenn does that with a fork and with then Alex. He'll eat it. <laughs> it's crazy. We are nuts for our dogs, aren't we? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.